Welcome to Changing Conversations with Billy Burke and me, Sarah Philp. This is a podcast creating space for conversations with, for and by educators. Conversation is one of the oldest ways to nurture the conditions for growth and improvement. When we talk about what matters, we come alive and conversation has the power to guide us into new and different actions offering the potential for great things. We bring you conversations that have resonance both now and in the future. With the help of guests and the odd solo episode, we explore leadership, learning and well-being. We have the conversations we know you want to listen to. In this episode, we focus on health and well-being in schools. And we know that across uh, Scotland, the UK and wider, there are issues with the mental health and well-being of children and young people and the well-being and energy of staff who support them. Ollie Edwards trained as a counsellor and works as a supervisor in two schools in the southeast of England. We explore the concept of supervision, break some of the myths as to what it is and what it is not, and she describes um, a possible approach to introducing supervision as a support for individuals in a safe space and a way to improve the mental health and well-being of staff and ultimately also then of young people. Holly, it's lovely to see you. How are you tonight? I'm doing well, thank you. Yeah, not too bad. I'm trying to keep warm sitting in sitting in my office. Didn't realise how chilly it was in here. Yeah. It, <laughs> um, it's a pretty wild night here in Scotland, that's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> but very warm in this conversation and uh, lovely to see you tonight. So I attended your, I'm going to call it a webinar for want of a better word, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a couple of months ago, actually, chatting where you were chatting through your book on supervision and mm-hmm. something that I'm really interested in, something I know Billy is interested in as well. And I know there's been there's been conversations in Scotland around supervision and they've kind of come and they've gone and they've never quite landed, I don't think would be be fair to say. So when when I joined your conversation, I was really keen to have the opportunity to chat a little bit more about you. So I've given listeners a bit of a clue about part of what you're about, but um, tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do and where where you are. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So yeah, so I'm Holly and I I work in two schools actually now. I started working in a junior school about sort of eight, nine years ago, I think. Um, I'm still there. But I now work, instead of being there five days a week, I'm there four days a week as I work at a high school as well for one day as a supervisor. So my role there is purely supervision with the leadership team, essentially. It's a very large school with a very large leadership team. And my role at the junior school is sort of changed a lot throughout the years, to be quite honest with you. (laughs) So I'm actually, I'm a counsellor and a clinical supervisor, but I, I came into the role at the school as the family liaison officer. And the role sort of developed and evolved over time to to my present role which is director of mental health and well-being and also a member of the senior leadership team and yeah uh, and that's that's essentially my role sort of 
encompasses a lot of different things, I suppose. So it very much is supporting sort of children, family, staff um, in a whole manner of ways, really. Must be a fascinating role. <laughs> Must be yeah. quite a busy role, I should imagine. And I suppose, I guess that kind of connects in with the whole supervision idea, the whole concept of supervision. And you you recently wrote a book around supervision in education. But I suppose one of the things that I've noticed is that sometimes our understanding of what supervision is can be very different based on our experience and our interpretation of the word. So I wonder if we can mm -hmm. start with, you know, what is supervision so that we're all starting on mm -hmm. the same <laughs> yeah and that is that's a it's a really good point to to raise actually because it is it is one of those words it like the actual name sounds different to what it is as well so I think it can be quite confusing so from my perspective from my role as a counsellor I've always had supervision and it's that sort of clinical supervision aspect of it where I would go along and talk about the clients that I'm seeing and ensure that I'm working ethically and in the very best way possible for my clients so in schools supervision isn't something that we see very often and it was definitely something that I I was surprised about shall I say when I started at my school and that was because I feel supervision is well supervision is a really safe confidential space for you to go to and share anything really to do with your your work whatever it might be at that moment in time that you feel you need to discuss whether it be you know a, a child you're working with a class as a whole situations with colleagues your well-being how you're managing your workload so supervision for me is just that sort of professional reflective space safe space I have to keep coming back to that safe and confidential space for you to share and talk about anything that you feel is sort of pertinent and important to you at that moment in time. Mm -hmm. And what do you think makes it a safe space compared to, you know, anybody could say this is a safe space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is a safe space. This is confidential. Yeah. But for me, I guess there's something about the relationship and the dynamic between if that person is your line manager as well as saying it's a safe space mm. and confidential compared yeah. with yourself for example can you say a bit about yeah yeah absolutely again I think it's a very boundaried space that's really important and very much in the book it's about how you can create that safe space and talking about the environment which um can seem a little bit strange like oh surely you know you can do that thing anywhere but it, it's about creating that environment where people know exactly where they're going why they're going there what to expect so very much being able I mean I always contract or have a working agreement contract sounds very official but have that sort of agreement that this is how we are going to work together whether that is group supervision or one-to-one -one supervision and it is very very clear this is what we're here for again boundaries are so important and I think in schools it's really looking you know really making it clear that do you know what there might be a dual role here and I think that's the point. It could be, as you've quite rightly said, is it someone that you work with in a different capacity? Well, what's going to make that different to the meeting that I had with them the other day? Or how do I know that they're not then going to go and speak to, you know, another colleague in the school, which is why it is so important. And again, it sort of links in with 
thinking about who the supervisor is as well, because very much the the person, the supervisor, will in part just by who they are create that feeling of safety as well. I hope that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely does. And I think it's a really it's a really important point to recognize that sometimes we I think we do sometimes need people who are external in some way or or out of that external to that relationship in order to create a space to do the kind of thinking and the reflecting that mm-hmm. do in in supervision or in spaces mm-hmm. like supervision. Mm-hmm. you said you were surprised that there wasn't supervision in in education and like yourself my background is psychology so I'm used to the concept of supervision and I and mm-hmm. just work in that space where supervision is part and parcel of what they what they do what what is it about the world of education that you think warrants requires benefits from supervision yeah I think there are so many reasons I think but the, the thing that surprised I'll go back to what surprised me I think the thing that surprised me about it was because there are so many elements to people's jobs within school so whether you're you know I'll use the example of a teacher um teachers aren't just teaching and I say sort of just teaching everything you do in school is teaching but there's so much more to it and again in the book we talked about you know when you're trying to manage safeguarding when you're trying to think about additional needs when you're trying to think about supporting children's well-being and mental health and managing behavior in a classroom there is so much to what you're doing all in one moment as well that you're carrying a lot you know that sort of idea of sort of that load that you're carrying on your back you know those things that that thing and there's so much more to it I think it's particularly now I think that it's it's got bigger and bigger over time you know it's increased so it's really surprised me that there wasn't a place for people in schools whether it be a teacher or a member of support staff or senkai or whatever your role is to be able to go and actually talk those things through because it can be really it can be a big emotional burden it can be a big emotional drain on you and and I just I think people don't always realize the toll it takes as well not even necessarily externally I think even individuals don't necessarily realize the toll that that takes as well so Mm. that I found that really surprising that it wasn't something that was that was automatically offered considering that in a number of other professions professions it is yeah yeah absolutely quite in schools I suppose until very recently Holly I've been a secondary school head teacher and we're very aware of the role of mentoring even of Mm -hmm. coaching you Mm -hmm. know you've got those line management responsibilities and those relationships I think as a head teacher I had lots of conversations with people that that were confidential in a safe space but not that I would have called supervision because the, the relationship and the dynamics different so you know it, it, is, it is a concept that I'm not surprised that you're surprised that it's not there in schools <laughs> it's it's not quite in the, the ethos and culture at the moment although we did see some steps towards that particularly during pandemic and lockdowns where mm-hmm. certainly here in Scotland there was an offer you know, there was like executive coaching for head teachers and there's been a, an acknowledgement, I think, as you referenced there, that particularly for the staff that are dealing with a lot of safeguarding and wellbeing issues, 
mm-hmm. that we do need a, a space just as a counsellor does to go and mm-hmm. you know decompress and so I suppose a few questions I've got because I'm really I'm really interested in what would you say are the main challenges you've faced in that education space and also to get your views on so you've described how you're not part of the organisations that, that you're supervising in and what what's the pros and cons of being part of the organisation or being external to everything? Mm, okay. So I'll start with the challenges. Challenge, I'd, I'd say the number one challenge, I think, first of all, is that supervision in education will only work if it is absolutely something that the head teacher and the leadership team buy into and understand and see the value of. So that could be a challenge for people. I was very fortunate that it is very much something that my head teacher in my the junior school I work in and now the head teacher um, at the, the high school I work in can see the value and benefits of it. So I can see that that would be a real challenge for some. And then you've got the other, you've got all the other things that we hear frustratingly in school that are barriers. And that is, you know, time, staffing, costs, you know, all of those things. And, it, you know, don't get me wrong, it, it can be tricky. You know, timetabling is a nightmare in schools anyway. Um, and then you factor in supervision as well. So, yeah, there are there, there, there can be challenges along the way. And there still continues to be, even for me, years down the line. Occasionally, some something will crop up, um, and I think, oh, okay, I haven't encountered that before, or you know. But actually, I always find a way to make it work. So fundamentally, I really, really do believe if you get the the support and buy in from the head teacher first and foremost, really, and then from the wider leadership team, you can make it work. That's where it all begins. Yeah. Is there anything? Did that answer that question? Okay. Or is there no, anything that, that, you need to add? You, you spoke about it. I'm sure people will recognise the, the busy, uh, the pace of a school, you know, just the volume of people, volume of tasks. And I guess if it, if you don't make it a priority, it won't happen. How often do you tend to see people? So how how I do it is I see everyone once a term. I the junior school I work in is is a very large junior school. It's four form entry and lots of staff. And we wanted to really see as many people as possible. We didn't want to just say, right, okay, it's only for teachers or only for SLT. We wanted to see as many staff as possible, which meant that actually we needed to find a sort of realistic, you know, find the best, most realistic amount of time that people could, could see a super supervisor but also see the benefit from it as well and that seems to work really really well actually once once a term but it depends on the school and it, you know it, you've got to make it work for your school that's the point it's so it's it's about it is about flexibility and giving it a go and seeing what works as well because every school is so different and even moving into the, the high school which it's been less than a year it's been different because it's a secondary school as well. So you, again, you come up with different challenges and face different things. So, but it's just going with it and trying to find solutions to these these challenges that that come up. We spoke about the the challenge with the word itself, because I suppose mm. that you know people would think a supervisor is someone who checks up on the work and the quality of what they're doing. So yeah, have you, I mean, 
You will, of course, you know, lay the groundwork and reassure people, but do you get any pushback? Do you get any resistance? Yeah, actually, yes, definitely. I think it was really, really interesting for me and very good for me professionally to start working at the high school as well, because I, I have come in as, although I work there one day a week, I... That is my job. So I essentially sort of external supervisor, really. I don't know the staff apart from for supervision. It's very different in my other school. And <clears throat> I've been doing it for a number of years now. So so therefore, I get a lot less pushback now because people know what it is. We've been doing it for a long time. So it's quite a, we're in quite a comfortable place with it. Um Yes, there, there, there is sometimes pushback. You're right. You do explain, you know, you introduce it, you um, give people the opportunity to ask questions, reassure, as I said earlier, do the contracting. But people do tend to feel quite vulnerable at the start. It's a quite a vulnerable feeling. And although I make it quite clear that this isn't therapy, this isn't um, counselling in it, in any way because it is focused around your work you still are have you are still being open and sharing perhaps challenges you're facing or things you're finding difficult and that can be really hard so yes I think some people are more comfortable with that than other people so yeah it can be it can be challenging for me as well as them I'm sure yeah and I suppose that other but I'd wondered about the the internal versus the external, you know, where mm-hmm. you're a known face compared to where you're not so well known. And you've you've got direct experience of that in the two schools you're in. What you know, what, what do you prefer? What what if you could design from scratch, what way would you go? Oh, that's a that's that's a tough that's a tough question. Oh, that's so a tough am one. I- that is a tough one. Oh, I could talk for ages about that as well. The thing is, I think it's, I think, and in the book, I do, because what I'm trying to do, I'm trying to create a model here that schools can actually replicate or, or you know, in a way. I want it to be, because if I sat here and said to you, this is the absolute ideal, it might not be something that's possible for schools because of cost or, you know, things like that. Whereas actually what I would like, I would like this to be achievable. So in order for it to be achievable, I think the what I would suggest is that if you are having, if you are going to provide supervision in your school, it would be best for you to have an external supervisor with the head teacher or senior leaders. Wider staff than that, I think you definitely are able to have a member of staff within the school if it's the right member of staff and create a model that works like that. And I think that is more than achievable. So which one do I prefer? It depends on the day. (laughs) I've got to be honest. It depends on the day. That's really hard. I think um, a, a definite pro for being someone that isn't you know works already in the school and that staff may know is that they feel they know you so therefore there is an element of safety and and trust already i would hope um so that's definitely a pro i think sometimes a con can also be that people can be sometimes reluctant 
to share things they feel might be you know perceived in a certain way or you know there sometimes can be a bit of a barrier there but I do feel over time that reduces anyway external supervision and my experience of that is that I feel it did it has taken a little bit longer for people to get into the swing of it because I'm you know in my school that I'm in all the time I'm using that language all the time we talk about supervision all the time they see people going for it's just become part of the culture of the school whereas I'm still at that stage in the other the other school I think where it's people yeah getting used to it it becoming something that is part of their role and again that's where it can be as schools you each individual school has to decide what they want to do but in both of the schools I work in it's been an expectation that that is part of the role so a bit like you would see with a with a, th- a therapist or counsellor that actually it's part of the job if you if that's the job you're doing you expect to have supervision and it's that's it so that's how how we do it in the schools I work in and I find that is much easier however that might not work in in other schools um do you see other schools picking up the model and the idea or do you feel you're in quite a unique position do you do you have that bigger landscape idea I definitely am having more conversations with people in schools that want to start doing it there's not in 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 our area I'm in I'm in Kent in the southeast and I work with a number of other schools in yeah around where we are and they are all really keen a couple of them have hired in external supervisors and have started that process um and are very keen on on taking it further and I do see that there is more of an more of a need for that you know even further afield I'm having people contact me and are really really interested in it and there are other sort of organizations that are starting up there's talking heads that have that are a company that have been set up and they work with head teachers and SLT so they come in externally so it is starting to become a little bit more common practice not not too much yet but I'm hoping that by people picking up the book and reading the book or by hearing me on something like this people will be more open to trying it and giving it a go yeah so this is a big question what's your mission oh it's interesting I my mission my ultimate goal would be for it to become um part of part of teaching part of part of education that you become a teacher or you become you know whatever your role may be in school and actually it's offered to you as part of the role that is you know it becomes an expectation of that staff have that would be and I would like it to be talked about in teacher training and things like that as well I'd like it yeah that's what I would like yeah did you know that eight years ago when you started in that in the junior school you're in is that was that always part and parcel of what you were doing and what you were about or has this emerged yeah. over time no it wasn't what I <laughs> what my goal <laughs> at the time no my goal at the time really was you know I had that I was I was surprised that it wasn't offered as I've already said and really could see the need but I 
at the time was just thinking about what our school needed and felt that actually this is something that they'd really benefit from. Um, and then it's grown, it's grown and developed. Also, another sort of just to add as well, my husband is a teacher and he's he's a secondary school teacher. He's been a teacher for years and years, way before I started working in a school. And, um, and even I think some experiences he's had as well have really, and I've thought, oh, if only he had supervision. Like, why is he not having, you know, that space to talk things through? And, and quite often, actually, what he doesn't need, he doesn't need a line manager meeting where someone can tell him, oh, well, this is what you need to do or go and do this. He doesn't need someone sort of trying to tell him what to do or give him advice or, you know, supporting him to do it. He just needed someone to listen or mm-hmm. someone to talk to. Uh, because something that I do hear a lot from people that work in schools is that two things, actually, two points to make. One, that unless you work in a school, mm. it's really hard to understand what it's like. Yeah. And two, it's so full on all the time in a school that when you get home, you don't really want to revisit it. Sometimes you will, because you'll need to go home and have a little bit of a, you know, a, a rant or a conversation. But quite often people will just go go home and just sit with everything that's happened that day, even if it's something really, something that's really impacting them. Yeah. They won't want to talk about it again, because then you're revisiting it all and you're going over everything again. And it's hard to put it into context as well. Yeah. So quite often I've just thought all he needed to do was just have a conversation with someone that understood or someone that listened. Yeah. So that was that's frustrating, too, I think. Yeah, I guess that connects with we had a conversation recently with Sam Crome about teams and teamwork in education. And one of the the reflections on that was that he brought a real sense of um, humanity to this idea of teamwork and the work that we do in schools and I think there's something um, for me in, in where supervision sits there's something about that kind of humanity and the human behind the role of teacher or support assistant or head teacher you know whatever the role there is always a human there you know we're humans mm. first and whatever we decide to do second how does that idea of humanity and and the humanness of what we do in education sit for you with supervision mm. your experiences? Mm. Yeah, it's really interesting, isn't it? Because I think you there is no sort of black and white or blueprint to being a teacher or TA or whatever your role is in school. You're we're we're bringing ourselves, aren't we? As you've just said, we're bringing ourselves as a human being, and actually our you know our personality to start with, but also our you know our values, our beliefs, our our history, almost in a way. You know, we're bringing all of that to the relationship, and I think that's what makes that's what can make the job be so amazing but equally so hard because everything you do in school is about relationships isn't it everything is about relationships and and connection with others but actually relationships are again amazing but also tiring and hard work and um confusing at times and you know all of those things so I think yeah you're bringing you are you're bringing your whole self um you're giving your whole self and I think actually supervision fits in really nicely because 
it's so important to acknowledge that you are you are human you know you're bringing all of yourself every day you're giving everything to all of these people that are here that need you and require you to be present but actually you are just human you know come and come and sit with me talk to me about how you are and what's going on and um and again one of the things I love about group supervision is that connection is that connection with others that relationship building that sense of belonging and that's so so important I think that's something supervision can provide and is is really helpful and really useful and knowing you're you're not alone I think often teachers and and those in education think it was just me that's thinking and feeling like this at the moment and it never is in my experience it's never just been that one person (laughs) but often we think we are just the only one Mm -hmm. oh I've heard that so many times in group supervision it's really actually really powerful you know that is it just to say and everyone always says not that I wouldn't you know it makes me feel really sad that you're finding that really difficult but equally, it makes me feel that I'm not on my own and that, you know, it's not just me that feels this way. And that's really, really important. Yeah. And I think with certainly with the pandemic and as things have just evolved, I think we're not just dealing with children and young people. We're dealing with a whole ecosystem of layers and communities. And even within a school, it's the 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 things that happen to the adults in the school impact the other adults in the school as well. Mm. So there's so many layers I think that people are are kind of affected by and and are affecting mm. in turn as well. It's 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 huge when you think about it. Yeah, it is. It is massive. It really is. You've absolutely picked up. Obviously, helps with your husband being a teacher, and you've probably seen in his face at night. You know the the impact of having hopefully many, many good days and some really tough days. Uh, You've already mentioned the pace, and certainly that resonates with me. Um, After 20-odd years in school and and now working in a slightly different way, um, it's really full on, and and we kind of run fast on that treadmill to get to the end point, go home, try to have some kind of downtime or family time, and then we go for it again the next morning or, Mm -hmm. you know, the next Monday. And I think there's definitely, you know, credit to the schools that that are investing in that time and space because essentially you've mentioned it a few times. That it's just about people's well-being, isn't it? And particularly their mental health and well-being. And I wondered, wanted to get your, your ideas on that more widely. How supervision, how you have seen it support, how it can support. And also, if we want to support children and young people in schools, how does it benefit the adults that are with them to put this time and, and space into their own health and well-being. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. I think I think you're absolutely right. I think that whole I mean there's so there are there are so many benefits. I think again, going back to us all being individual and turning up at work and being, you know, having our different experiences and different values and thoughts and feelings. It's similar with with supervision. So the benefits you might take from it may be different from person to person, but there definitely is sort of a a bit of a, a theme there. And I think when you look at you I mean, you just said there about that whole idea of supporting people's well-being. Absolutely. I think I think definitely with with group supervision and actually one to one because you have that relationship with the supervisor as well, which is is really important. But with group supervision, that whole sort of sort of connecting together and 
that coming of together and and building and strengthening those relationships because you're so busy in a school it's not actually very often you get to really talk to people surprisingly you know people can go weeks without talking to each other um so that's really important but I think I think it's feeling valued as well knowing that you are important and valued enough that your school is investing in you um as a staff member that they are valuing you as a person and an individual enough to want to put something in place to support you and ultimately then support the children which is what you've just touched upon because actually everything we do is about the children young people we work with isn't it you know it's it's everything's for them but it's also that recognition that actually at the you know we've got to be okay in order to turn up and provide the children with what they need every day you know we've got to be okay that whole concept of caring for the carer and you know and actually it's so so important because you can't I think years ago it was always very much no you know we're here for the children and everything's got to be about the children and anything else we just don't really sort of focus on that whereas now I think more and more I I would like to think and the conversations that I have people are recognizing that actually as we've already spoken about today you are you are the person that is so central in these children's lives that are working so closely with them that has such a big impact that if if you're not okay what does that mean what is the impact then on on the children young people that we're working with and actually how much are you then able to keep taking on on as well you know that whole idea of when do you get to a point where you just can't keep going because there's so much isn't there whereas actually being able to pause like we do in supervision actually pause for a moment and take a moment to sit and to reflect on how is it that I'm feeling right now you know what has gone on over the last week that might have impacted me what is going on in that relationship I'm having what isn't quite working there what could I do differently you know those kinds of thoughts but you don't have time to stop really and ask yourself those questions um yeah it's interesting because at the moment I know down south like up here we're seeing for various reasons a lot of attention around about how young people are and how they're presenting in school you know, and issues around their their behaviours and their choices, etc. I don't, having just moved into the the world of of mental health in particular, I think that the bit of the puzzle that we're missing is not just refocusing. You know, how do we get these children to behave better? But why? What's going wrong? What, how? Mm. If people are not making the right choices or doing the right things, there's generally a decision making process there, and there's a there's a well being issue underlying. And also, we, we don't talk then about the teachers and the impact on them and, uh, you know, the need, as you say, to support them to be the best. Because with along with this, you know, we kind of really need teachers and we need support staff in school. We can't have a retention crisis or a recruitment crisis or burnout. I mean, it's such an important job. So, I, I mean, I, I think investing in people in this way absolutely sounds like 
the way to go. You've mentioned already some of the benefits. It's obvious the when you form that individual connection, you you'll see those benefits. I wonder if you're ever asked about that though, in terms of the the investment the school makes. You ever asked to evaluate or provide evidence that that there's a you know bang for the buck. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really interesting. It's like with a lot of things to do with um, mental health and well-being, though, isn't it? It's really hard to sort of quantify it and, and show that data. Like schools love data, don't they? You know, like it's really, really hard to do that and provide that, which is why, you know, I do talk about in the book how um, I have always asked for feedback that I do sort of evaluate and look at. So I'll ask for anonymous feedback that so people can really, really you know, be honest in, in things that are working well for them in supervision, things that maybe are challenging for them or that they would prefer or could be done differently. Not necessarily because I could do it all, because I'm not there to, you know, change absolutely everything because I, I couldn't, you know, make it work for absolutely everyone in the way they would like it. But it's to ensure that it is we are seeing that it is having a benefit for people because that is important because it is, you know, it is an investment. So, and for, for us, we've, we've, we have seen such, uh, we've had such positive feedback and that has just, I mean, that's why I'm sort of, I think I'm in my fifth year now, fourth or fifth year, I can't remember. But, uh, and that's because actually we can really see, we can see it again. It's not just from what is written down in feedback or from, you know, from anything like that. It's from actually seeing how people are with each other, the interactions that people have, the way people talk to each other, the way, again, uh, and that's one of the things about it being reflective, reflective supervision. We ask our students to be reflective in their learning don't we because it's so important in sort of learning and growth and development to to be reflective but as I sort of touched upon earlier it's not very often that you get an opportunity as a member of staff to stop and and do the same thing because actually it's the same for all of us isn't it as humans if you don't have the opportunity to sit back and reflect you can become quite stale, can't you? Or not really necessarily think, how could I have done that differently? Or keep redoing the same thing and getting the same result and not not mixing it up a bit. So so I think actually it's really important for, for us to be able to do what we're asking the children to do, actually. And that can sometimes be a challenge, can't it? You know, we're challenging ourselves to think differently. Well, Holly, thank you. I think we could talk for much longer on the topic mm. and there's yeah. so many avenues we could have gone down and you've got some great insights and obviously a huge amount of experience behind you as well around how to develop a model, how to create a situation that really works and that's obviously expanded into another school and of course your book as well. So we're hugely grateful for your for your time and for giving us your time to mm -hmm. share that Um insight and knowledge with us but before you go we finish our podcast with the same two questions um, and the first question is what are you using at the moment 
Oh, do you know what? That is such a hard one because I know everyone's different. I am one of these people that usually has two or three books on the go. And I do at the moment. I'm I'm terrible. So I sort of flip between <laughs> them all. But one book that I am reading at the moment, and the reason I got into, re- the reason I bought this book and read it was because I actually got into his podcast. So I don't know if you've heard of it, The Diary of a CEO. Yeah. And yeah, so re- a really great podcast really enjoy listening to him and he brought this book out and so I'm reading that at the moment and it is called the diary of a CEO so um and it's just really really interesting he's talking about the sort of fundamental pillars of um, sort of business and and life essentially but I'm finding that very very interesting so if you like his podcast or like him at all then I'd suggest going to read it it's really interesting I've I've downloaded it on audible Ah. walking and and listening yeah. so yeah it's it's creeping up to the top of my list so i look forward to that thanks for the recommendation oh. and holly just to finish then i mean lots lots to ponder lots to think on and i've really appreciated the conversation but is there any sort of final message or thoughts that you would like to leave the listeners with today yeah that, i think that's a really great it really made me think actually that so i not so there's loads of quotes i could give you loads that i i I hear and i think oh i love that i i think so it'd probably be more of a message and for me i think it is just thinking about you know and it goes back to the idea of what we were speaking about a minute ago and thinking about the people that we work with and how important we all are as a team that sometimes i think working as a teacher can be quite isolating even as as leadership actually a head teacher or in in leadership can be quite isolating and this that whole idea of actually coming together as a team and actually to be a really good team you need the right people sort of coming together with the right cult. um and i think supervision is a really great way to to create a culture of of care and of development and growth and empathy for each other um so I think yeah my message is just to be to sort of think about because we're always saying sort of think about ourselves and that's really really important but actually thinking about the wider school collective team and coming together and and creating just that really positive culture where we consider each other's sort of mental health and well-being way to finish Holly thank you so much Thank you. It's been um, really lovely to speak to you both. Really enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it and found it useful. If you enjoy listening, you can support us by following on your preferred platform, sharing on social media or leave us a review. Thanks again.